Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Welcome once again. Thank you for joining us. I am Grace Tom Lawyer and we are going to be continuing our study on with the Barrier Breaker. But before we do that, I think we'll just have a little recap for those who are just joining us for the first time. So we started the study about four weeks ago, talking about roots. We're looking at her life and using her life to explore what it is to be a barrier breaker. One of the things we established from the very first beginning is the fact that God is interested in us being barrier breakers because he is the ultimate barrier breaker and he goes ahead of us to break barriers, to level mountains before us. And we said that barriers come in different forms and different shapes. We've also said that what might be a barrier to Mr. A might not be a barrier to Mr. B. And what might be a barrier as it were to Mr. B might actually be common to Mr. C, D, E, F. But they will go about it in different ways. But at the end of the day, the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We've looked at different types of barriers. We also said that there are sometimes we think that there's a barrier, but the barrier is actually in our minds. And uh, that was like in lesson one, we learned several things about barriers and all of that. And then we began to look at Jesus breaking the barrier with the woman at the well, cut to lesson two, where we began to look at the story of Naomi and, and Ruth, you know, that, that was what we used as our foundation to begin to understand what Ruth being a barrier breaker was. Her name being listed in the genealogy of Jesus was also a barrier breaking thing for her. And there's so much that we have learned that I would say that it's best for you to just go listen. But I'll just recap what we did last week so that for those who have been following also from so last week, so last week was part three. And one of the things we learned was we went back again to look at what Ruth's statement was because there's so many times we have that statement. We talk about oh, your people shall be my people. Where you go, I will go. You know, we looked at that statement because one of the things we said about barrier breakers, the first characteristics we saw is that barrier breakers are committed. When they make a decision, they've checked it and they go the long road. They don't just go when it's comfortable. They don't just go when they feel like, no, they go because they've given their word. And before they give their word, they sat down to count the cost. And so we went back last week to begin to look at what does it really mean to be committed? What are the things we would pass? What are the levels? What things would we do that will cause us to have commitment and then we said that we were looking carefully again at that Ruth's beautiful prose of oh wherever you go I will go where you dwell I will dwell your people will be my people and your God will be my God where you die I will die where you're buried I will be buried one of the things some of the things we learned from there is that when Ruth says where you go I will go it was a fact that for us to be committed we need to be able to pass the test of sacrifice wherever you go I will go was a location thing it also means that whatever whatever it takes if you go here i'll go there and of course to do that to follow anyone closely like that is going to take sacrifice we say sacrifice is part of the things it's a discipline of being able to sacrifice part of the things that we need on the path of being committed the next thing we said was where you are where you dwell i will do i would say you have to pass the test of comfort if we're going to be committed sometimes it's not going to be comfortable but we would do it sometimes it's not going to be comfortable not just physically not comfortable with our feelings but we know that this is the right thing to do and so we do it. Well, and the other thing we said there was she said your people shall be my people and we said that for us to be barrier 
breakers and to be committed people we have to pass the test of human relationship the test of being misunderstood because she was going to go to a foreign set of people people she had never seen before they've never seen her you know Naomi was going to people she knew before but Ruth was going to all different all different people all together so there was this there was this very high probability of being misunderstood, being looked at, you know, as somebody else and all of that. But yes, child of God, if we're going to be committed, we need to be ready to pass that test of human relationship. Your God will be my God. Ah, we said that that meant that you should be able to have divine alignment and also to be able to keep first things first. We say that first things first. Yes, having God as the ultimate, pass the test of idolatry. Yes, where the work does not become God, but everything, everything has God. God as the top and as the center. Where you die, I will die. We say, first be committed. We have to be people who see legacy, who have to see beyond our living what we're doing. We have to be committed to beyond our living, making sure that it happens. A very good example of that is David. The Bible says that, yes, he wanted to build a temple for God, but God said, no, you can't. I don't want you to build it. But what did he do? He gathered materials for his people, his son to do. So he did as much as he could do to help the next generation to do what God had called, God had not allowed him to praise the Lord. And then the next thing, say, well, you better I'll be better. But because they know the end and they are happy to make sure that even at the end of it all, they, 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 they know they, they, the work will continue. That is how they are committed. They are committed to the very, very end. You can bank on them. And then we began to look at, after that, that was the first kind of piece of Barabrika. Then we went to chapter two, where Bible introduces us to Elimelech. And then we see Ruth, a grown-up woman, asking her mother in of a to go work in the field and one of the things i promised last week was the fact that i was going to bring the reference of what Ruth was doing because we got to a second characteristic of biobakers we say that biobakers are pragmatic they are people who know the word and they act upon the word so this morning let me just start with that that's going to be the first thing i'm going to start with which is giving us as it were the giving us as it were the reference for last week and so that reference for what Ruth was doing is in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 9 that's the very first place we see that reference Leviticus chapter 19 verse 9 I'm going to read it from the let's see the New Living Translation it says when you harvest the crops of your land do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field and do not pick up what the harvesters drop and why did God say so I'll get to verse 10. It says, It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall on the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Hallelujah. You know, we said last week that God is concerned about the poor. You see, this was God's word that, that, that Ruth was acting upon. Because if she didn't act upon that word, guess what? We're going to, she was facing the barrier, financial barrier. She was facing the, the, the challenge of providing for herself and for her mother-in-law. Yes, they had come into uh, Bethlehem at a time of season, but Ruth was not just going to sit down and be praying every day, God supply my need. No, she was doing something about what God had said in his word. God had said in his word that there is provision he has made for even those who are poor, that if they go and they glean that which has been left behind, guess what? They are going to have something on their table. And that was what Ruth did. I was reading while I was researching and 
doing this study for that women's conference, one of the things I found out was that the rabbis, you know, according to the rabbi, tra rabbi tradition, they said Ruth and Opa were princesses in Moab. And so guess what? These were not, these were not people. These were not fake, uh, mean people like that. Guess what she was doing in Moab? I guess if she was a princess, and then just imagine now, here she is, she's going to glean, you know, there's a change of, of career. There's a change as in the lowliest of the lowliest of the lowliest of jobs. She is going to do that. But she's doing that also based on God's word. We said last week that barrier breakers are people who are pragmatic. They know God's words and they act on God's word. And we cannot know God's word beyond the time we spend to look at his word for ourselves. Understanding what God is saying concerning our situation. Understanding what God is saying concerning our present challenge. And just understanding what God is saying because we want to understand him and want to know him the more. We want to love him the more. Unless we study the word, we read the word, we are not going to know those things. So that's the, the, the reference. It's in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9 to 10. Another place to look up that reference is also Leviticus 28, verse 21, and Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19. And because we knew God's word, she went out in faith. I want us to look back. There was something I, I was reading this morning as I was trying to like look and prepare again for this study. I like to like go back again. Even though I've written the notes, I go back again to just look again at the word because sometimes just going back again to look at the word, I will see something that perhaps I forgot to mention, something I forgot to write down. And as I was looking at the word again this morning, uh, we're going to be reading from Luke, uh, sorry, Ruth chapter 2. There was something I saw that I was like, oh yes, I had this in my previous, previous notes, but I didn't have it here. Let's let's read from verse 1, Ruth chapter 2, verse 1, and I'm looking at the New Living Translation. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, the Moabites said to Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. And we said uh, we said last week that a barrier breaker, the third thing about a barrier breaker, first, apart from the fact that a barrier breaker is committed, the second thing, apart from the fact that a barrier breaker is pragmatic, knows the word, we said th the third thing is a barrier breaker is submissive. A barrier breaker is somebody who is under authority. She didn't just get up and walk away from the house just because she has seen something in God's word. No, she did something. She, she, she took permission. But if we look at there's something there I want us to see again today. The Bible says that she said to her mother-in-law, let me go into the field of whoever will allow me. She didn't know how it was going to turn out. Glory to God in the highest. And I love that because I was looking at it this morning and I was saying to myself, barrier breakers don't have to cross all their eyes and dot all their eyes and cross all their T's. They go according to God's word. They move ahead. Because if we're going to sit down to ensure that everything, you know, want to plan all our lives and plan it to the very last detail, guess what? God is going to throw away those our plans as God is going to surprise us along as we go along the way. Things are not always going to go the way we think that it, ha it has in plan. And that's not against planning. But sometimes we're waiting for everything to be complete before we take the first step. But if we go through the scriptures, that is not how it is in the scriptures. Usually in the scriptures, God just says go and people act upon that first word of God and go. And along the way, God begins to show us the different paths to go. And that reminds me of the story of Moses and the call of God. God and Moses were having a conversation in the burning bush. I'm 
Moses was saying, God, I cannot go. They will not believe me and all of that. I guess what God said to him, by the time you bring these people <laughs> back to this place, as he showed me a sign, that will be the sign that I've sent. Imagine that kind of a sign. Somebody said, I can't go. Pharaoh will not listen to People will not listen to me. This, this. And God says, listen, the sign I have for you is when these people are back on this mountain, you know that I'm the one that has sent you. And that is God. He sees the very end from the beginning. So we shouldn't allow ourselves to be stopped waiting to see the end as if we are God before we take the first step. No, barrier breakers, look at the life of fruits. We are seeing her breaking by. She said, let me go to the field of whoever, you know, whoever will allow me. I'm just going out acting on the word of God. I'm just going out acting upon what I know, what I, I believe that this is what God's, God, God's word is. Acting upon, you know, the things. Because sometimes we're waiting for some supernatural things. Meanwhile, when we do the natural things, just the natural things alone, God will come. God always meets us usually in our natural ways, in our natural places, just as we're going about life. That's the way he met Moses, just going about life. That's the way he met Abraham. That day he came and he spoke to Abraham and said, by this time next year, your wife would give birth. Guess what? Abraham was just doing his normal usual routine, seeing somebody under the sun and saying, hmm, under the sun, come and have shelter. Come on, let, let me just entertain you. Just that kind heart, just that thing, just going about his normal duties, brought about the hand of God. Glory to God in the highest. And we see here, Ruth, she's responsible. She's not just sitting there and saying, hey, I'm a widow also. No, she's responsible. She's taking care of her mother-in-law. She's not sitting there in the house and letting hunger kill both of them. No, she's not getting herself into the begging mode. No, she's doing something about what she believes that she ought to do. Her responsibility brought her to the place of work. And she saw work as a privilege because if we go down that chapter, we'll see her attitude. We'll see the way she approaches work. And that's the way Barab Baker's approaches approach work. They don't approach work with an attitude of, oh my God, it's another Monday. Now that they approach work with an attitude of, oh, this is beneath me. You know where I'm coming from. This is what I used to do. And this is what I used to do. No, 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 no. Ruth was ready to glean. It was the lowest of all lows. But that was where the provision of God was for her, her provision for the provision, the thing that met, the Boaz met her in that place where she was acting upon the provision of the word of God. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. So let, let's just go further down. The Bible says that um, Naomi gave her permission to go ahead. And so the Bible says, so, and, and that's where we stopped last week. We're going to go now to verse 3. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in the field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Glory to God in the highest. Remember, we've been told about Boaz before in verse 1. We've been told that this Boaz guy, he's wealthy. We've been told that he's influential. We've been told that he lives in Bethlehem. And guess what the Bible says? The tip on the eyes, the icing on the cake. The Bible says he was a relative of Naomi's husband. And for those of us who are familiar with God's word and the, the, the things here in the Old Testament, that made him a potential suitor. You know, it made him a potential suitor. And the Bible introduces us to him very, very interestingly at the very first verse. And then when we go to verse 4, the Bible tells us that, and as so Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Glory to God in the highest. 
She didn't know him. She didn't know that that was what God was all about. Because sometimes we're looking for the will of God. The will of God sometimes is actually in our doing. Is about our going our everyday life. The will of God is not a destination. The will of God is just where you are, what you are doing, and doing all you can to the glory of God the Father. You are right where you are. Because sometimes we're, we're, we're thinking that the will of God is there. Okay, when I get to that point, then I will do this and then I will do that. But no, no, no. The will of God is where you are, where God has gone. Because God leads us into his will. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, when, when Eliezer was going to look for a wife for Isaac, by the probably began. He said, where I been on the way, the Lord led me. Hallelujah. The Lord led me. Because sometimes we're waiting for one supernatural thing to happen before we know that this is God. But child of God, God is meeting us with the very little things. God is meeting us with the very, very, very basic things in life. He's meeting us with basic things in life. This was somebody going out to provide for herself and her mother-in-law. And she goes out acting upon God's word and finds herself in the field. And right there where she was in the field, guess what the Bible says? Right there where she was in the field, she got, she found herself, it happened, that's what the Bible says, that it happened, that she found herself in the field of birth. And we all know it was not just a natural happening. We all know that the hand of God was behind all of that. The hand of God was behind all of that. Barrier breakers, the hand of God was behind all of that. There's something else I want us to see here. Bible says that Ruth went out to to gather grain behind the harvesters, and that's something for us to know, child of God. Because remember, when we when they when they got into Bethlehem, the Bible says that it was the time for the barley harvest. And sometimes, child of God, you know, we, we, we could be tempted to think, oh, they are when we when 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 we've gotten here, the labor has finished. Oh, if we're partaking of the labor, then we're sure of you know getting harvest and all of that. Oh, they are coming in the harvest time. But guess what the Bible says? So there's a time for everything. Bible says that time and chance happens to all. God is able to orchestrate the seasons in our life. It comes and it goes. There sometimes it's a season of harvest. Sometimes it's a season of planting, the season of cultivating. God is the Lord of all. He's able. He's not too busy up there in heaven thinking, you know, because sometimes we act like God is one CEO that has to, oh, what's happening here? Oh, and then what's happening in Ukraine? Oh, what's happening in Russia? Ah, what are they doing in NATO? You know, God is not like that. No, 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 no. He is able. He's everywhere at every time. Make sure we are human beings cannot fully comprehend the greatness of this God that we serve. Hallelujah. We cannot fully comprehend it. But see, the Bible says that she went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. That season of planting was over. Now it was the season to harvest. Now it was the season to gather the grain and roots partook in that season. She didn't say, oh, the other season was the one I should have taken. I should have come before that. No, no, no. She partook of that season. She knew that her times were in God's hands. And by Baker's, that's, that's some sort of things we see in the life of food. Because you know what we said at the beginning of this program? We said, listen, we want to look at God's word. We want to look at patterns. We want to look at principles. So that we can claim promises when we look at God's word, when we look at the patterns, the principles, then we'll be able to claim the promises. We see someone who is ready to go with the season. We see somebody who is ready to adapt with the season. In this season, there were no more planting. What we were doing in this season was that they were harvesting and Ruth was ready to join the harvesters. She was ready to do what was involved when it came to harvesting. And the Bible says, and as it happened, she found herself walking in the field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father, Elimelech. And it's a good place to shout to all 
all the single ladies. Boaz, 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 Boaz. So let's look at Boaz here. You know, one of the things when it comes to studying the life of someone is that our, our lives are closing to our minds with the lives of the people around us. So I think it it be it will be a dis a disfavor really. It won't be good to talk about Ruth the Barabic and will not look at the life of Boaz because Boaz plays a very significant part in Ruth's story. So let's look at Boaz. The Bible has already introduced us to him. We know that this is the CEO of CEOs. We know that this is this is just this is just the brother. Uh, and let's see some things about this brother here. Praise the Lord. Let's 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 go on and say Bible says while she was there. You know, and that's what we're saying, times and seasons, while she was there, she did it wasn't the day that day she went there was not the day that um was because I'm, I'm sure he had other things doing. Bible says that while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. See how he greets them. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Wow, that was the kind of environment this Boaz operated in. He was one who feared God. We see him using God as his language. And it's not just using God as his language, because as we as we read further on, we see that this is a man that actually feared God. We see that this is a man, and you know when we fear God in the way we relate to people. And not just relating to people, relating to people who as it were are beneath us as in people that we can't really benefit from them because these are his workers he can say to them go away he can say to them go and sit down and that would be it but the bible says he approaches them cautiously and he begins to say uh, he begins to say to them, the Lord bless you. A child of God, I'm wondering if you're looking out for a Boaz and, and you're noticing around you how Boaz treats the people around him. How does he treat the waiters? How does he treat those people in his office? How does he treat his juniors? How does he treat his gateman? How does he treat his security workers? How does he treat those that apparently can do nothing for him? Quote and unquote. The Bible says here that Boaz greets these people with courtesy. He blesses them in the name of the Lord. In his workplace, we can see him doing that. And guess what Boaz does next? Next he says, he asks his foreman, who is that young lady over there? Who does she belong to? That means that Boaz is someone who took notice. He took notice of his workers. So he could see, ah, who is this person? This person is different. We could also say that, well, um, we could also say that Ruth, you know, being from a different race could have looked different from the other people. But this man took the time to accept her welfare. This man took the time to check out, to say, oh, who is this sister? I I mean, that tells me that Boaz has been checking out all the sisters, has been looking at all the people there. And the Bible says here in, in verse 6, says, And the foreman replied, She's the young woman from Moab who came back with Mahomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvest. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Glory to God in the highest. Guess what? That's another characteristic of barrier breakers we've seen there. A barrier breaker is hardworking. A barrier breaker is diligent. Because, see, now Ruth doesn't know that she's been, she, appraisal is being done on her. She's just there. There's no formal appraisal. She didn't know that there was an appraisal being done for her. Bible says the appraisal, the core report of Ruth is the fact that, listen, she's been diligent. Since she came in, she's been working and working. The only time she stopped was she just stopped to rest a few minutes, you know, because, you know, she can't just continue working. She stopped to rest, but she has been working. That was her appraisal that her that had her boss gave about her when the CEO CEO called 
called after her. I child of God, I wonder what her appraisal will be. If someone was to say, oh, so what, what, what does she do? How is she at work? Would it be she's always on the phone? I, I have that say for some people. She's always on the phone. She hardly pays attention to what's happening. In short, since she came here, she has been fighting with all the people. That's my brain. They left this one for me. I was on this part. I should have picked it up. I wonder, what, what if that was the report? But that was not the report of Ruth. No, 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 no. In short, the Bible says that the foreman said when she came, she asked me. So when Ruth got there, in a work that was properly beneath her, she was cautious to the foreman. She didn't look at the foreman and say, hmm, this one, when I was in Moab, a princess, you will just be there. You'll be among people carrying my bags. No, 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 no. She asked him, please, can I gather grace? She was cautious. This is the thing we saw her doing at home. At home, she said to her mother-in-law, please, can I go? And then she comes to work and she's still having the same courtesy. Child of God, that was a characteristic of Maria Baker that we saw last week. We said, because they are submissive, they are polite, they are people who go under authority. When Ruth came under the authority of that foreman, she didn't look at it and say, oh, this work is beneath me. She respected the fact that he is the foreman here and she asked him. She did not know that that day there would be an appraisal done for her. Barrier breakers barrier breakers. That, that's the life of a barrier breaker. We said last week, we talked about being submissive, being cautious, and we see it happening here. And the Bible says that uh, the next character we see is a uh, barrier breaker is diligent. She has been working since she came in. She has not been quarreling with every other people, all the other people working with them. She gets along with her workers because you know what it is to be gleaning. Guess what? Because th this thing that you're doing, as you've come together, so also some other people have come together. And this is by the time you finish gathering, whatever you gather, that's yours. You can go away with it. So I can imagine that there was a, a bit of competition. I can imagine that there must have been some quarrels and squadrons but the Bible did not say that that was what Ruth was going about doing. The Bible says that she has been hardworking since she came in. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. She's been hardworking since she came in. And we're going to continue with that. Praise the Lord. Let's go further down. It says, she asked me this morning if I could gather grain, if she could gather grain behind the harvester. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. And I think that that's something for us to note there also. She has not just been hard at work all morning and she didn't, she didn't rest at all. No. A biobreaker knows when to take a breast. A biobreaker knows when to take a break. A biobreaker will not take a break and feel guilty about it. We need to rest. Our bodies cannot continue working. If not, we're going to break down. I won't be able to fulfill all that God has called us to do. So we see here, yes, that's something about a biobreaker, knowing when to rest and how to rest. So let's see what happens next. So Boaz, and, and another thing, there's something else here again for us to see. The Bible says that she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. So that, that's a, a racial barrier you see there. As everybody keeps referring to Ruth as the one who came from Moab, you know, she's the Moabite, she came with Naomi and all of that. But the Bible says she asked me this morning if she could gather. She didn't go there with a sense of entitlement. Hallelujah. She went to work with an, uh, the right attitude. Barabakers have the right attitude to work. They are not just diligent. They are not just hardworking, but they have a right attitude to work. And so she went there and she said, oh, please, can I gather grain? And the person said, yes, you could. And so let's just see what boss is. So boss went over to over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us. When you gather grain, don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. 
See which part of the field they are vested and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water that they have drawn from the well. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And you know one of the things that I'm just thinking about right now as I'm reading this verse of the scripture is that most times in church, this is the part you hear in the testimony. And so, and the boss just came and the boss just said, oh, you, and I just had favor. I had favor. I had favor. No, 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 no. The favor came from hard work. Glory to God in the highest. Because that's the principle there. The principle there tells us that ever since Ruth came into that field, she has been working. The supervisor could testify that she had been working. Her appraisal results were good. And hence, that was why she was able to, that was why Boaz was able to give her that favor. I was able to say to her, please don't even go anywhere. Just continue to be with my people. The young men will take care of you. They will not treat you roughly. All that happened. All that favor came to boot. Because she was hardworking, because she acted upon God's word. Because many times, most of the times, most of the, the some of the times, actually, the testimonies we hear are the testimonies of, oh, favor, oh, favor, oh, favor. Oh, I didn't even do any interview. I you know it's a job I didn't apply for, and I just got the job. Guess what? They didn't just, just, the job didn't fall down from heaven. Somebody recommended them. Somebody had seen them in one place or the other, had known that they were diligent people. And so when they're looking head wanting for people, someone had said to them, listen, that person can do the job that person is the right person for the job and then the person gets the job but guess what the person didn't get the job based on an interview the person got the job based on how hard working and how good they were somewhere else that this other person had seen them and that was what made the person recommend them so before we start shouting favor before we start saying let the gentiles world be transferred to us and all of that let us look and see the principles of god's word because the principle here of god's word that shows me that favor came into the life of roots guess what the bible says that she was diligent the Bible says she was hard working. She was doing something really great. And when her appraisal certificates came out, it came out excellent. It reminds me of Joseph because that's another person we, we, we jump up and we say, oh, I have the one night he slept in the prison and the next night he slept in the palace. It was diligence. It was a long road of diligence. It was a long road of caring for people. It was a long road of putting himself next, you know, after people, being able to see the, being able to see the baker and being able to see the cup bearer, being able to notice the people around him. It was a long road. It was a hard road. It was a long road, but eventually God favored. Why? The Bible said, in short, the Bible tells us that even before he got to that, to that, to the prison, while he was in Potiphar's house, the Bible says that he was doing so well. His appraisal was so good. Potiphar could see that this guy had administrative skills. He was learning on the job. He was doing things on the job. And that's why he favored him. That is why he favors him. See, the favor of God does not just jump on us like that. No, 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 no. There are certain things that man will, will, will see that will allow them to, you know, we get some certain favors. There are certain, it's there in the Bible. The principles are there. Just go check all the different principles. Go check all the things that you, you see. You find out that people have done something. You find out that people have positioned themselves. And these things don't just happen because that's the part. I just feel that part. I say, oh, that's the part of the testimony we hear. And the CEO just came and said, do you know what? You can make use of my car. You can do this. You can do that. But before the CEO said something, guess what? The CEO had seen the appraisal report and the CEO was pleased with what he had seen. CEO Boaz had gotten a full appraisal report of roots 
the Moabite. Because he asked, who is this new chick on the block? When he came in there, he checked, ah, looked at all the chicks, ah, who is this new chick on the block? He didn't mind the fact that she was doing the lowliest of all jobs. He asked after her and he got a good report. We have run out of time. This is where we're going to stop today. When we come back again, we're going to continue. But we're just going to bow down our heads and just going to talk to the Lord. Asking that the Lord will grant us grace in the place of diligence. Asking that the Lord will grant us praise so that by the time we get appraisals, by the time our work is being scrutinized, it will be scrutinized for good. Glory to God in the highest. Let's just go to pray that God will grant us grace. Grace to take the first step and not wait for everything to be there before we begin to take the first step. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for times and we thank you for season. We thank you, O oh God, because we may miss as it were the planting season, but in the harvest season, you have something for us and we will be diligent to do it in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you again this morning for the integrity of your word. We thank you, O oh God, because we will be led of you as we go on the way in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you because as we put ourselves in the right place, Father, Father, you would do what only you can do. We trust you, O God, for grace. We trust you, O God, for your mercy. We trust you for your favor. Father, we ask that you will indeed help us and cause us to receive favor with the men and the women that matter. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.